Good morning, good day, good evening. I am, as always, I was going to say your wonderful host, but that's up to you guys to decide. I am your host, Brody Robertson, and it is episode 68 of Tech of a T. Episode 69, assuming we can actually assign, assign, um, arrange, arrange is the word we're thinking of, arrange a time for that one. I'm going to have Hex DSL back on. When I said I wanted him on for episode 69, I will find exactly what he said. Let me go back to my Discord messages. Where is it? Uh, he said, so I was like, hey, do you want to do a follow-up episode? A follow-up episode. He was like, yeah, I'm happy to talk about, uh, talk about whatever, whenever. And I was like, well, I've got episode 69 coming up real soon. And his response was, lol, M child, but lol. And it was like, okay, I'll do it. Hex, awesome dude. So yeah, if everything goes well, um, he'll be on next week. I just need to go and actually like arrange a time with him because I've been lazy and not done that. Um, <laughs> and we're recording. It's it's not till next week, so it's not a big deal. But yeah, it, he'll be on the episode. And I want to start arranging some other guests. I know I've been real lazy with guests and not bringing anyone on. Sort of using the podcast as a way for me to just like put my thoughts together in like a big multiple hour format. I don't know why I do two hours by myself. I, I could do less. It would probably make a better show. But I have a lot, of talk, a lot to talk about. And m maybe I'll do shorter ones sometimes. Maybe I won't. I don't know. Definitely not going longer. Because doing longer by myself is... Uh, not fun. No, not fun. Because once, once I hit the two hour mark, that's when my brain just starts imploding in and on itself. That's usually why I end up ending it around that point. Because yeah, I, I don't know how anyone does like these, you know, fucking 12 hour streams, 24 hour streams, things like that. Or multiple week streams like some people have been doing recently because, um, there was a thing that Nuxtaku was doing where he was going to give some people... I think it was $5,000 if they just kept streaming. And whoever streamed the longest just got the money. Uh, when you stream multiple weeks, you have to sleep on stream. And I can't even imagine how much money you would have to give me for me to want to be able to do that. Because $5,000, well, that, like, obviously that's, that's a lot of money. I don't want to do that. <laughs> that sounds fucking horrible. A lot of the guys who did do it, though... Their channel did grow massively, so I'm sure that was definitely worth it. But the money itself would not be uh, enough to compel me to do to do a stream for that long. Definitely not. As much as I love streaming, as much as I, as much as I love being on camera, there comes a point where you have to just turn the camera off, turn the lights off, just chill. And you, while you can get used to being on camera and you can be fairly chill if you're not trying to, you know, create an entertaining show, I feel like being on camera by itself is stressful enough. Like, there's a level of stress there because you have to think about what you're actually saying and not say something to get you cancelled on Twitter, um, like a lot of people have done. So there's, there's always just like that bit of, bit of your brain that has to be preoccupied with that. And sleeping on stream, I couldn't even imagine doing that because what if you say something in like while you're sleeping? Or what if you like, I don't know, what if you're the sort of person who likes to sleep naked and like while the stream's happening, you like take your clothes off in your sleep? That, like, sleeping on stream's just a bad idea. Just all around bad idea. Um, 
I don't know why we're talking about sleeping on stream. What I do want to talk about, though, is I'm no longer using the uh, Arch Repo version of OBS. Right now, I've actually swapped over to the Flatpak version. There's a very good reason why I've done that. I'm considering also swapping over to a version of OBS inside of the AUR. I just need to check out if it's actually doing everything I want it to do. So, for some reason... OBS is set up with a module system where when you compile the application, you can decide things like, hey, browser support in OBS, don't need it. Browser docs, don't need it. You can just not compile those in the application and skip out on that functionality. I guess it makes sense if you're never going to use that and you just don't want to compile it into the application. I, I guess that, that makes sense. The problem is when that's the way it's compiled inside of your distro's repos. So, for some reason, on Arch Linux, every single one of these optional modules is... Every single one of the optional modules is completely disabled. So, you don't have access to things like the OBS browser. So, having things like chat embedded into your stream. Uh, what else don't we have? We don't have things like browser docs, which is a new feature that was added fairly recently. I don't think... No, virtual camera actually was enabled, surprisingly. But there's a bunch of just little things that get added into OBS that aren't available. Like, all of these news articles kept uh, coming out every time there was a big OBS update saying, look, OBS has this great new feature on Linux. And I just never saw that feature being there. And it's because of the way it's compiled on Arch. I could go and compile it myself. I'm very lazy, and I don't want to do that. So the Flatpak version was just the easiest way to do so. Now... The Flatpak version is giving me a couple of issues. Uh, I'll show you how it actually looks right now. I'm actually using one of the new features, the um, the browser docs, which... Uh, no, I, I'll take a screenshot like this. There we go. And then we save the screenshot. And then we open it up in my browser. I could, you know, uh, set this up so I can actually... <laughs> so I can actually load images in OBS, but fine. This will do it well enough. Uh... So basically, I've got my restream chat here as well. Obviously, this isn't very useful for what we're doing right now. But when I do a live stream, seeing this chat right here it makes it much easier because then I don't have to have like a separate window to do it. And always when I open up OBS, this will be here. So it's just really nice to have. I'm considering also putting my uh, Streamlabs in there as well. This is just functionality OBS should have had for a really long time because Streamlabs OBS has had it Basically, since the start, the main version of OBS always lags behind Streamlabs. But because Streamlabs isn't available on Linux, I just have to deal with it as it is. But anyway, I don't know what the deal is with the Arch package. I don't know why they would compile it with basically every one of the optional dependencies completely missing. All of these functionality or all of this functionality is incredibly useful and I've just wanted to be able to use it for so long. I didn't even realize until maybe a week ago that this was even a thing. I just thought there was some problem with the Arch package that made it missing. Or maybe the Arch version was just out of date or something like that. But nope, it's just because the guys who maintain the OBS package on Arch, I don't know, don't care about things like having browser support. I've had to use a eight-year-old plugin that barely functions to be able to embed things like chat into my stream. Now I no longer need to do that. Now I can just do it natively inside of OBS. 
There is a package on the AUR, I believe. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, AUR OBS Studio Browser, I think it's called. It might be, you know, that is what it's called. So this is a version of OBS that is compiled with, you know, the functionality actually enabled. And I was having trouble compiling it the other day just because of the VLC Lua JIT stuff and CEF Minimal as well. Because when I tried to compile it, it was during the internet outage thing. And I didn't realize the internet outage was actually happening. And I just haven't gone back to actually try it. Because I managed to get it from the flat uh, from FlatHub working well enough and I just haven't gone back to it. This version, on like the Flatpak version, generally is really good. I know some people like to complain about flat packs, like, oh, flat packs, you're bad, blah, 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 containerization, all this nonsense. But ultimately, it, it, it's perfectly fine. Like, I don't have any issues with it besides one thing. There's one issue with it, and if I try to demonstrate it, I will have to restart the recording. And that is, I can't actually open up my file browser inside of OBS. So if I want to do something like, uh, change the background you're seeing on the recording here, I would actually have to go into the config file and modify it from there. If I try to modify it inside of OBS, every single time, the application just freezes. When I use an image, uh, image element that's already been made, it freezes. When I make a new image element, it freezes. It's not just with image elements. I, I don't think that's just the problem. I think for some reason, it's not able to open up my file browser. I don't know why. Like, I would understand this being an issue over on the Wayland side, but under Xorg, there's no security to speak of, so it should be fine. Maybe maybe the flat pack for some reason is breaking the interaction. I tried to look up what the problem actually was, and I haven't been able to find anyone reporting the same issue. So I don't know if it's something localized to my system, or maybe there's something wrong with my install. I did try to reinstall it and see if that was going to fix it, but... It didn't fix it, so I'm I'm sort of just stuck right now. I'm going to try out this version in the AUR and see if that does it. If it doesn't, well, I'll just modify the config file manually when I have to. It's not a big deal. Uh, what I can do is duplicate an existing image and then modify the file name of... Like, just modify the file name as I need to modify it. That's, that's going to work well enough. It's just a little bit annoying that I have to go and do that. But OBS on Linux has always been a bit of a mess. I know OBS is on, uh, obviously much easier to use than the older solutions that exist and gives you far, far more power. Much better than things like, you know, directly using FFmpeg or using Simple Screen Recorder. I know there are people who use those, but if you want to actually have layouts working, things like that, doing it inside of OBS just makes stuff easier. I don't have to do any sort of weird editing in post to get things like this overlay working. I just record it in the overlay and it's done. It massively simplifies the recording process and like I can switch back like this for example. I can switch the um the thing that shows the the browser here and switch back and there's just nothing that I have to go and edit. If I was doing that in post I would be really lazy, and basically I would just show my browser on the screen the entire time. That would honestly be easier for me. <laughs> like, I, I just don't want to deal with that. So, even though OBS is a mess, and I would like it to improve, it is improving, and I'm going to complain about it no matter how good it gets anyway. I just want it to continue being better, 
And honestly, I would just like to have Streamlabs OBS on Linux. I feel like... Have I talked about this on the podcast before? Streamlabs OBS... Okay, here's the problem with Streamlabs OBS. For some reason... For some reason, it's an Electron application, but it isn't available on Linux. I think it's... Is it available on macOS? Hmm. Apparently, three years ago, according to this article from Linux Game Consortium, they're looking for someone to do Streamlabs OBS native development on Linux, which is... Why do you... You don't need to do native development. It's... It's an Electron application. Like, <laughs> why? Just stop using Electron, good God. No, that, that the fact that it's using Electron means that it should be available on Linux. Uh, what's up with the Elgato HD60, HD60S for Linux? Anyone have it working through OBS okay? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't buy... The only Elgato thing that I own, and I'll, the only thing I'll, I actually recommend them, is the Elgato Cam Link. From what I've seen, if you want to do like console capture or capturing another PC, it's easier to get yourself a, uh, I've got a, a, can you hear that? No, I've got a Ava Media, what is the name? Ava Media Live Gamer Portable 2 Plus. Horrible name, horrible name. Um, But it is a, a very, very good piece of tech and just works, just magically works. You plug it in, it just works. Streamlabs, uh, not Streamlabs, um, Elgato HD60, I'm pretty sure it actually requires the Elgato drivers to function. The cam link, on the other hand, it basically just acts as a webcam. Uh, how can I use Twitch integration on Linux? You can just embed the link. Yeah, I, that, I've looked at this before, and like, even though it's built with, like, it's literally built with Electron, it's just not available on the Linux side. There's just no reason why that should be the case. Why would you build something with Electron and then not make it available on Linux? It doesn't make sense, but it's so useful. I can't, I, one day, one day maybe we'll have support for it. I would like that day. Or if someone uh, decides to, you know, maybe fork the application and keep it feature parity, but make sure it actually functions on Linux, that would be nice. Uh, I don't have the expertise to do that. Otherwise, I... Honestly, I would do it if I had that expertise. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> honestly, maybe it's something worth looking into. But we're getting to the point now where the regular version of OBS is good enough that it's functional. So, maybe it's not that big of a deal anymore. Uh, I do think Streamlabs OBS looks better, but how it looks isn't that big of a deal. As long as it's functional, uh, that's, that's ultimately really all we need. Yeah, and pretty much. Where's my drink? That side. Eh. Mmm. Water. I actually should replace this water bottle. I can't imagine it's, like, healthy to drink out of a plastic water bottle that's... Like, just like, it's one of the throwaway ones. And I think it's like three months old. <laughs> I just kept it around. Also, it's starting to leak because I've dropped it at work so many times. So if I, you know, squeeze this side of it, it starts like pour water out the top, which is great. Uh, <laughs> make sure you just leave it standing up and we're good. 
Um, yeah. I mentioned the, um, the internet breaking before. I did a video on this, what, it would be, what, five days ago when you guys are seeing this? Uh, if you missed out on it, because I know that a lot of people just didn't even realize it happened, <laughs> but there was an outage with a CDN known as Fastly. Uh, how one customer broke Amazon Reddit and how, wait, how one customer? What? I heard it was a configuration error on the, on the development side. Have they changed their story? Okay. Uh, we experienced a global outage due to an undiscovered software bug that surfaced on June 8 when it was triggered by a valid customer configuration. <laughs> so, it wasn't even one of their software engineers who did it. It was the fact that they allowed a configuration option um, on the customer side that broke it. Oh my god, that's even... Honestly, that's even worse. They pushed a valid configuration change and that killed everything. Oh no. Oh no. That's that's actually hilarious. Uh, we detected the disruption within one minute, then identified and isolated the cause and disabled the configuration, said Nick Rockwell, Fastly's Senior Vice President of Engineering and Infrastructure in the blog post. Within 49 minutes, 95% of our of our network was operating as normal. This outage was broad and severe, and we're truly sorry for the impact to our customers and everyone who relies on them. Uh, so if you don't, if you didn't uh, pay attention to what happened, if you just weren't using the internet for that hour or didn't happen to use any of the sites that were affected, um, basically what happened is when the CDN went, uh, when this CDN went down, which I had never heard of prior to this event actually happening. Uh, turns out it's actually about as important as AWS and Cloudflare. And when it went down, uh, it knocked out a lot of websites. Because the same problem exists with CDNs that exists with VPSs, where even if you're not using Fastly directly, there are a lot of, uh, I guess, pro providers, which in reality are actually just resellers. So you might not be with Fastly directly, but you're still being affected because their entire infrastructure is based on an entire different company. And this knocked out Twitch, Reddit, PayPal, Stripe. PayPal and Stripe are the only two ones in there that were actually kind of a big deal. Twitch and Reddit and The Guardian, CNN, they were all out as well. No one really is going to lose any sleep over The Guardian or Twitch or The Verge or a bunch of news websites. But now I don't know why all the like all the big news websites all happen to use Fastly, but for some reason they do. And yeah, well, right. I was saying PayPal and Stripe being down. So even though most shopping websites were completely fine, Amazon was down, uh, which was very strange because Amazon owns AWS, but for some reason they don't host. Amazon website fully on AWS, even though AWS, uh, even though AWS exists specifically because Amazon had leftover servers they didn't actually need for running their website. For some reason, it's not set up like that. I don't know. I'm sure there's some reason internally at Amazon why they're willing to pay a competitor, but I don't know what that uh, that reason is. So because Stripe and PayPal were down. That effectively meant that every other shopping website on the planet was down as well. Because while you could go and, you know, visit, uh, let's say, Book Depository. That's a 
a book site that I buy a lot of books from. Um, while you could visit the site and you could add stuff to your cart and do all of that stuff, because PayPal and Stripe were down, there was no way to pay for stuff. Because a lot of sites entirely rely on PayPal and Stripe or PayPal or Stripe. And if they don't have some other provider, like, say, um, Subscribestar does, you just can't buy anything. You can't... I, I don't know how much money was lost during that hour. Obviously, Amazon being down would have been a massive loss, but from PayPal and Stripe, I wonder how much was uh, money was being lost on sites that were still otherwise completely functional. I have to imagine it would be in the millions. Even with an hour, it would have to be in the millions. Even though most shopping on the web is kind of done through Amazon, there are, like, eBay. E eBay is still a massive, massive website, and through that hour, you just would not have been able to buy anything on eBay using PayPal. So, hopefully this, the problem doesn't happen again, because that would, uh, that would be, that would be mightily inconvenient, wouldn't it? Then the, the web is way too centralized, honestly. There are, there is a very small handful of companies that effectively control everything. We've moved way past the point of where we were in the early days of the web where, you know, anybody just goes and starts up a VPS for themselves. And if a company wants to have network infrastructure, they need to have network infrastructure. They can't be like, I'm going to put it in the cloud. I really need to do a video about the cloud cult. I, I honestly, I like to call it like I, I do like to call it the cloud cult. I like just like I like to say the uh, the big data cult as well because the people who the the people who advocate for doing everything in the cloud and doing everything with big data do speak like uh, cultists and speak like it's the only way that stuff can be done, ever was done, ever should be done. It's just the one true way of you know, doing anything in technology. But really, you don't need to go to another, uh, another company to have network infrastructure. You can make your own. Obviously, not everyone has the, um, the know-how or the money to actually do so. I don't think that, you know, some random dude who wants to go start up a blog should have to go and set up his own network infrastructure. That, I, I don't think, should be the case. But if you're someone like, say, Hulu, Hulu was one of the sites affected. Why does Hulu not have their own network infrastructure? Why does Netflix not have their own? Netflix right now is on AWS. Why? The reason why is because the, the shareholders want the highest possible profit margin they could possibly get. And having to have your own, nev uh, your own network infrastructure while they could very well do it, and they would still be absolutely a profitable company, it would eat into that profit margin and make it less profitable. So this is why you see this centralization into these small little conglomerates, because one, they offer the best deals, and two, because you need so much network infrastructure with someone like AWS, you can't go to a little provider. Like, if Amazon wanted... Did I say, like... Yeah, no, I, that made sense. If you're someone like Netflix, you couldn't go to someone like, say, Linode, for example. I think Linode is an amazing service, but I doubt they have the network infrastructure to support some service actually that big. Maybe they do. I, I don't know how much network infrastructure they actually have, but like the, the point I'm getting at here is 
to actually support a site that big, you're going to have to go to the biggest provider unless you're going to do it yourself. And that's how you see this big, I guess, I guess, what's the word? Centralization. This big centralization of all of this network traffic. And you sort of see it with um, other parts of the web as well, with things like, say, DNS. So there was a big push a couple of years ago to go and use a third-party DNS besides the one that your uh, ISP provides you with. And when that push started happening, a lot of people started going with things like Cloudflare DNS. Um, I do like Cloudflare DNS. Uh, but the problem is that that gives Cloudflare a lot of network traffic. So this is um, 1.1.1.1. If I just... Is that a... I'm pretty sure the site actually is 1.1.1.1. 1.1.1.1. If I look that up, that should find it. Uh, yeah, that there's literally the site for it. Cloudflare's DNS. There are a couple of other big DNS services like this. I believe that Google has one. I would not use that, that's for sure. I honestly trust Cloudflare more than I trust Google with that much data. And I think, I think Amazon might have one as well. But by having these very small number of DNS services, it's the exact same problem. A very small number of companies, honestly, the same companies that control all it, uh, that control other areas are controlling this bit of network traffic as well. And you see why this is a problem whenever there's like an AWS outage or a Cloudflare outage, or in this case, a Fastly outage, knocking out massive portions of the internet. And that just wasn't a thing that was possible back in the 90s. The only way for, or even just the early 2000s, the only way for a large portion of the internet to actually be knocked out is if there was some trouble with like an undersea cable. Or if one of the, um, there's a major data center in, uh, I forgot what state in America. Maybe, it might be Texas? I'm, no, it's not Texas. Um, let me, let's see if I can find it. Where, I think it's something like 60 or 70% of the world's network traffic, uh, world's network traffic actually goes, goes through. World's most important data center. Um... Shit, what what was it? Uh, I cannot remember what the data center was called. Someone's going to correct me on that and tell me what it is. Uh, I'm pretty sure the data center is in the US. I'm pretty sure. Could be entirely wrong though. The whole uh, the whole overarching theme here is the modern web is kind of in a very very precarious situation and very small little bumps can make it all come tumbling down and that's worrying that's very worrying because as much as i'd be worried about like an undersea cable being damaged like that the, the chances of that happening is very slim compared to some engineer at amazon giving a bad configuration and breaking everything that's far more likely has happened and will happen into the future. Uh, hopefully it's not that bad. Um, maybe at some point businesses will realize this is a problem, but I don't expect it to happen anytime soon. Yeah. So I've been wearing this um this hoodie in a 
couple of videos recently. If you listen to the audio version, it is uh, the official uh, Nyana's hoodie from the recent Vishojo merch drop. Look it up, you'll find it. It's a really awesome looking hoodie. I, I honestly love this hoodie. It's not just good looking, it actually is really comfy as well. I don't know what it's made of. It probably says on the tag, but like the inside of this really like, really nice feeling fabric and it's just real comfortable to wear. But I've noticed I've been getting uh, quite a few comments about it on YouTube recently. This sort of happens anytime I make any sort of like change to my appearance, whether that be, you know, getting, usually not getting a haircut because I, my hair's usually around the same length. Um, if I like trim the beard massively or I start wearing some different sort of clothes, there's always comments about this. Uh, and most surprisingly, most of the comments have actually been, um, mostly positive. So, uh, let's see, search for hoodie, search for, can I search for multiple terms? Nope. Apparently I can't search for multiple terms. Of course I can't YouTube. Uh, yeah. So there's people saying things like, oh, nice Nyana's hoodie. I appreciate it. It is a really nice Nyana's hoodie. I've got a Iron Mouse hoodie somewhere. On, I think it's on the floor, actually. No, it's in my, sorry, it's in my closet. A closet? Yeah, it's in my closet. Uh, hanging up. It's basically the same thing as this one. Actually, let's see if I can find it. Uh, I was considering buying the Melody hoodie, but I just didn't go and do so. And because it's a pre-order, uh, I can't exactly get it now. Let's see, Vishojo Iron Mouse hoodie. No, I don't want, like... I don't want the the unofficial merch. Uh, okay, that's that's kind of hard to see, but this is this is no. I think actually no, that's an unof. Wait, is someone? That's not a. What is this? Is someone selling a fake version? I think someone's selling a fake version of this T-shirt. <laughs> Why? Yeah, no, someone is. They're selling us a, a fake version of it. It looks basically like this, but uh, the the printing is much sharper. This is clearly someone took a a PNG of the shirt and just stuck it on a different hoodie. <laughs> that looks so fucking bad. Uh, um, anyway, yeah, most of the people have been fairly positive. Of course unsurprisingly, you're going to have at least one person that's like, ooh, why is that anime? Why do you like anime? What should we you? So I got a comment from someone called Hello, and that uh, the comment is, what's with the Japanese slash anime hoodie, Jesus Christ Brody? You know, I'm going to I'm gonna heart it. That's very important. Here you go. Just to prove it harder, there you go. Um, I think that's the only negative uh, comment I've gotten. Uh, no, you can't be open source and wear Nyanas and Weeb. Brody, haha, being myself, go <laughs> That's a really good comment, actually. Can I... Can't pin this from here, can I? Uh, I'll, I'll get into Coco graduating in just a bit, but that's, uh... Yeah, that, that's kind of sad. Um, this is gonna be worn for the foreseeable future, because it's winter and it's cold, and I'm, I'm gonna wear it. Let's see, what is the temperature for the coming week? Uh, Adelaide weather. It is currently 14 degrees Celsius with 9 overnight. Ah, oh, okay, it's not that bad. In a lot of 
uh, a lot of the time recently, it's been like six degrees or three degrees overnight. It's going to be basically the same all week. So yeah, expect to see this hoodie for the foreseeable future. When it stops being cold, I will stop wearing it. Uh, until then, well, enjoy the Nyana's hoodie. It's going to be around for a while. Plus, I kind of like that I can change up my colors now. As much as I like the old colors where it was um, blue and purple, I don't know. I, I kind of like the background being pink. I didn't actually like pink when I was younger. I was one of those kids who's like, ooh, pink is not a boyish color. I don't like pink. You know what? Pink actually looks kind of nice. I, I think I think pink actually kind of works. I wouldn't wear like a completely pink shirt, but as like an accent, wearing like a black shirt with pink accents like this, I think it actually looks, I think it looks pretty decent. I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. I, I feel like it looks pretty good though. Let me know. Let me know what you think about it. Um, if you listen to all your version, look at the video version, I guess, or look at the hoodie. If you can find a version of it, that's not just like a, um, someone doing like a, a, a fake reprint. If you can find a reseller, I guess that's different, but there's a, clearly a lot of people doing fake reprints. Um, and they look kind of shit. <laughs> Honestly, they look kind of shit. There's, like, high-quality versions of the, the print on the shirt. But for some reason, they just aren't using those. Probably because they're getting them done from, like, the the cheapest uh, T-shirt manufacturers they can find in China. And I can't imagine their level of quality they offer is too great. I have had some pretty good uh, unofficial merch actually shipped to me before. But a lot of it, a lot of it's just not very good. Just not very good at all. <laughs> the printing starts, like, breaking off in a matter of hours, things like that. One of the shirts I was wearing when I first started the channel, I'd actually already owned for, like, three years. And somehow the printing was as perfect as it was on the first day I got it. I don't know what they did to print that shirt. I think the difference is, unlike this one, where it's, like, a thing stuck under the the, like, the sh uh, hoodie itself, that was actually printed in ink. And when it's printed in ink, I guess it just lasts longer. Looking back, the shirt kind of didn't feel great. It felt kind of like I was wearing... Hmm, kind of like I was wearing just, like, a, a pillowcase. <laughs> just all the time, just wearing a pillowcase. Which isn't the worst. Like, at least it wasn't scratchy. Like, I've worn scratchy clothes before, and they're just... Yeah, I'd rather avoid it. I'd rather avoid it is a good way to... Good way to put it. Maybe I'll get more shirts like that? I don't know. I kind of want to buy... Honestly, I, I, I kind of miss going to anime cons and buying just a bunch of anime junk there. But there is a anime con coming up soon. Yeah, next month, I think. Uh, I'm, I'm not going this year because it's some fucking mess. So, when is it? It is 9th of July. Uh, when their site loads. Avcon 2021 returns better than ever. That's bullshit. No, that's, that's not true. It's definitely not better than ever. It's been getting worse every single year. Wow. Wow, they actually have a YouTuber here. Holy shit, they're grabbing someone that people might actually care about. That's, uh... That's rare. Who is this? Who, who is Mully? He is a... 
Someone with 5 million subs who plays... I, I have... What is... Putt-putt. Okay, sure. Uh, I have no idea who this guy is. But that's cool, I guess. Thank you. So, the problem with Avcon is... Oh, I guess you play with this guy. Okay, that makes sense. That's why they're there together. The problem with Avcon in the recent years is they've been trying to sort of bring on higher and higher, I guess, what's the word? Higher and higher prestige. Higher and higher prestige guests. But they end up being guests that, one, end up living in their own little bubble. So, like, a lot of the early guests they had were people who just wanted to go to cons anyway and would just, like, walk around hanging out with people. But then they started bringing, like, actual like actual celebrities in and those people whenever they're not on stage were just like hanging out in the the back room and you could never actually speak to them which is kind of sad um but the problem that avcon's gonna have this year is that sort of because of like lockdown stuff they have to make it uh what's the word very lockdown friendly and rona friendly and all that so you can only, I don't think you can even go the entire weekend or you have to like book a time slot or something. It's like you can buy a weekend pass, but you can't even go the entire day. Something weird like that, unless they've changed it. Because back when they were originally announcing it, um, you basically bought the weekend ticket and you'd be like, okay, I want this time on Friday. I want this time on Saturday and this time on Sunday, which is not how I want to go to a con. I want to go there and just like, chill out the entire day even if i'm just not really doing anything con wise for the entire uh, for like most of the day it's nice to go there to be just uh be able to just like hang out with mates also it's a more it's a morpheville race course this year what okay i guess i guess because there's gonna be more space there that's weird um the weekend pass is 65 dollars. i wonder if they've changed it i do wonder because uh, this was the original announcement I saw back, like, four months ago. Um, yeah, here we go. Okay, they are still doing it like this, where they have session times. So, tickets will be available to purchase lead leading to the day of the convention. Tickets will be available for the following session times. Just, like... <laughs> this is just... Like, what? 10 a.m. to 2, 3 till 6. Like, I don't like this. I don't like this. I, hopefully next year, hopefully next year you'll actually be able to do the con properly. And I'll actually, I will actually go to that one. Oh, they're actually doing some, wow. They're doing some fun stuff for After Dark this year. That's rare. Holy shit, they're actually trying to, they're trying to entice people to actually um, come, uh, come to the con. By, uh, you know, making After Dark actually fucking good for once. So After Dark, After Dark at a lot of other cons is actually good. At Avcon, basically for most years, it's like, oh, we have like a disco and you can buy alcohol and that's all. And nobody went to it because it was fucking stupid. This year, on the other hand, uh, After Dark is going to be extended exhibitor and artist alley trading that allows not safe work content. They can sell porn. Lovely. Uh, mature guest and community panels, which isn't exactly part of After Dark. That they were already doing. 
um, last year they had a Resident Evil voice actor who was doing a um, a Resident Evil like fanfic reading. It was very strange. Mature gaming and content on the game stage. That that's amusing. Mature content on the game stage. I wonder what they're going to be doing. But I, I don't know what this means. Maybe they'll play like The Witcher Three and they'll be Geralt's cock out or something. I don't know. Mature cosplay. I, I do kind of wonder, I do kind of wonder how mature they're going to allow you to get mature performances and premiere shows. I honestly wonder what is okay. What is After Dark actually going to contain? What are these mature events you keep telling me about? Uh, is the schedule actually out? Let's see. Why is the schedule a fucking image? What is this? What am I looking at? Game stage. Uh-huh, uh-huh. After dark. Literally not going to tell me. Keep an eye on our social media for more updates about what's happening with Avcon After Dark. Well, hopefully they actually... This is a good direction for After Dark. Please note, though, not so for content, mature themes will be present. This will be strictly monitored. Attendees will need to agree to our terms before purchasing tickets and at the door. Anyone who violates the terms will be permanently banned from attending the event indefinitely. Uh, yeah, basically, don't be a bit rapey. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, there's going to be some weird people that do that. Look how look how busy this con is. It, okay, it's, it's a local con. It's a local con, so even if it's fairly big locally, it's, it's still a very tiny con. I want to go next year. I hope they keep After Dark working the way it is. I'll, I'll check it out then. I, I just have no interest in going when I can't go the entire day. If I can't go the entire day, I just I just don't care. I, I really just don't care. And I, I don't care about any of these guests. I don't know how, who any of them are. Who is who is smashing? Who is this person? Uh it's another person who plays games with the the people they had the the the, the these guys here. So I guess they're all like a group together or something. Um, yeah. Like, first, actually, wait. Let's see if we can find the guests they had on first year. First year guests were actually really cool. And as the years went on, the guests got worse and worse. Do they have a list here? Yeah, here we go. So, first year, Little Karibo. Already an awesome guest. Second year. Cassandra Lee, Crispin Freeman. Absolutely amazing. Third year, De uh, Jessica Negri, Spike Spencer. Absolutely amazing. Like, that, that's crazy. Uh, fourth year, Jeremy Lee. I don't know who the other people are, but Jeremy Lee is a, um, a anime voice actress. Great. Love it. Fifth year, Jennifer Hale, Yaya Han. Yaya Han is um, cosplayer. Jennifer Hale, voice actress, pretty sure. Not sure who you are. Then 2016 was Good Game. Uh, that's the first year that I went. Good Game is a... It well, was. I don't know if it's still running. Good Game is an um, Australian TV show where they actually reviewed video games. I know, it's such a strange idea, reviewing video games on TV. But, yeah, that was the thing that happened. Then after that point, basically they didn't have any decent guests, except like they brought Spike Spencer back for... One year. I guess Neil Cap okay, Neil Kaplan and Spike Spence are cool guests, but like the rest of them, like when they bring on every year they try to bring in like cosplayers as guests. And cos okay, honestly, 
I, I respect I respect cosplayers and you guys do a lot of cool stuff, but like cosplayers are not a are not a guest. Like it's cool to say, hey look, this cosplay is gonna be here, but like cosplay is not a guest. <laughs> Honestly, like I, I, I you can tell me whatever you wanna tell me. It's, it's not it's not you're not a guest. It is cool they're going with the YouTubers though. I think there's some people they could bring around that would be awesome. Um like, it would be awesome if, for example, when people can fly again, if they manage to bring in, like, the Trash Taste Boys, for example, bring, uh, bring in, um, bring in Gigguk, Connor, and, uh, and Joey. That would be cool. Especially because Joey is an Australian anyway. That would be awesome. But, also, there's, like, some, there's, there are Australian anime, um, anime YouTubers anyway, so they could bring someone like that in. They brought Little Karibo in for the first year. Like, they clearly have the ability to bring people in. Um, this year, obviously, it's going to be difficult, and they sort of got to work with what's possible, but even if they're working with what's possible, it's not like this is much of a downgrade from what they normally do anyway. It's, it's just, like, basically par for the course from what I expect at Avcon. I know that Melbourne has a much better con, uh, that I would love to go to at some point. Obviously, going to Melbourne right now is uh, a big no, big no go. Not definitely not happening right now. Uh, because even if I could go there, it's very likely they'll have another spike and lock down the state for like two weeks. So it's just not gonna happen. Um, maybe next year, maybe, and maybe I'll go to Supernova. I don't know. Let's see. Is Supernova even happening this year? I haven't heard anything about it. But I also haven't looked at. Anything either. Uh, Supernova Australia. Let's see. Not Supernova the movie or Supernova the space phenomenon. Let's see. Are they doing it in Adelaide? Surely they're doing it in Adelaide. Surely they have to be. Yes, they are. November 13th, 14th, Adelaide Showground. So that's going to be in winter. Um, let's see. QBD Books is a sponsor. Nice. Uh, let's show you. Do we have a list of anything right now? Events? Give me events. Tell tell me what's happening. Supernova is less of an anime con and more of just like a a general a general sort of like nerd con, I guess. So there'll be a lot less I'll care about there, but even just like an indie games room would be would be fun, to be completely frank. Uh, why is your website so fucking awful? Ah, uh, no, no, you don't, you just don't have a list right now. I think, I think, maybe, I don't know. How much are tickets this year, actually? Tickets are going to be, they do not have the tickets prices for, for Adelaide yet, but the, Weekend pass for Sydney is 65, which is basically what it normally is, so I'm not too surprised there. I wanted to go... Actually, on that note, this year my plan was to go to the Adelaide Fringe, so the Fringe is basically Adelaide's uh, comedy festival, but they were doing the same thing as Avcon's doing, because this was earlier in the year when there actually were some problems in Adelaide. Now the, there, there, are no, there are no problems in Adelaide. We, we haven't had cases in a couple, I think a week. There just hasn't been a single case. So, yeah. Uh, hopefully Supernova's better. But the Fringe was when there actually were some problems. 
And for that one, usually how the fringe works is you can just walk around. There'll be people doing free shows outside. Like you'll have people doing comedy shows, busking, things like that. Just a generally fun time. I guess it's more than a comedy festival. It's more like an entertainment festival. Entertainment festival is more accurate. I just care about the comedy part. Um, but you also had to like l get like tickets for everything. Tickets were more expensive. You could only go for like certain times of the day. It was just a honestly a real mess and people i know who even just go to the sh uh, the fringe every year didn't really even bother my sister i think she went for one of the days and just didn't bother really to go back after that because she it's just a mess it's honestly uh, honestly just a mess and in a state where you know it's really not an, like the the issues of the past like year haven't actually been an issue here anymore it's really weird that we are still we still have as many restrictions as we do. Definitely not as bad as like Victoria or anything like that, but with their snap two-week lockdowns, that it's probably going to be extended again. Um, but considering that we have like no cases here, it's still weird that there are still so many restrictions. Like the fact that they're everywhere you go, um, there is a like a, a QR code sign-in, which uh between between you and me, uh Minimum wage employees don't exactly uh don't exactly check if you've scanned. Uh that that's about as much I'll give as I'll give you for that one. The government tracking is only as uh as accurate as the minimum wage employees want the tracking to actually be. And when you work, you know, in a target, do you really care about starting a uh, an argument with a customer coming through who doesn't want to scan something? Not really. Not really no. So a lot of them you just don't check. There are, like, little places that do. Um, like, when you go into, like, a little store, usually they'll have someone standing there. Or if they see you come in, they'll be like, can you make sure you scan? Uh, you can always... You, there, there are ways you can get around it, uh, you know, pretending to scan. I'm not giving you any... I'm not giving you any suggestions for ways you can, uh, you can, you can avoid the scanning. That's entirely up to you whether you want to do so. Even though it's, uh, it's required by... SA law. Uh, I'm not going to go more into that. Do do whatever you want, is what I will say. Do whatever you want. Mm. <sighs> what is on my list? Oh, yeah. I have actually switched back from, um, from Pipewire to Pulse Audio. Uh, so if anything seems off in this episode with levels or anything, then that's, that's going to be why. I was really liking Pipewire. Pipewire is, for the most part, really, really good. And until I had one, one issue that really set me off, I was more than happy to keep using it. The issue that I had is, for some reason, I couldn't capture desktop audio. Not just like, oh, the device was defaulting to something different. No, I would set it to the correct device. I would have audio playing in my earphones, but OBS just would not capture it. I don't know why it wasn't capturing. I don't know what the, out of what, what could have been the problem. I did restarts. I did reinstalls of Pipewire. No matter what I did, it just refused to start working. And the big deal with desktop audio is I need desktop audio to be able to do, like, my gameplay capture, whether that be from my PS4. Actually, PS4 I can get around because I can um, just capture 
the capture card as a microphone device, and microphones were being captured just fine. Uh, but if I want to do something like, say, play Dead Cells, I, I couldn't do that. So I realized as soon as the problem started cropping up, I had to deal with it basically as quickly as possible. And yeah, right now it's it's just not it's just not there. I've I've swapped back, and so far Pipewire is as I remember it. This is one of the nice things about Pipewire. Ah, uh, sorry, I swapped back to Pulse Audio, and it's just as okay as I remember it. One of the nice things about Pulse Audio, unlike Pipewire, is Pulse Audio, even though it's a bit of a mess in some places, it's a fairly stable mess. Like the problems that exist with Pulse Audio exist with Pulse Audio, and they'll probably be there six months down the line, and anything that works nicely will probably still be working nicely six months down the line as well. Pipewire is still very, very early software, and being early software, it's bound to change a lot, which is good in terms of it getting new features and improving, but it does give you a bit of a, I get, I guess a bit of an inconsistent experience. So I've had things like the way that my audio capture was even working when it was working. So there was one point where I would capture my desktop audio. And if I raised and lowered the master volume, it would raise and lower the volume being captured inside of OBS. That makes sense. It's capturing the level that I'm actually hearing. After that though, it stopped worrying about the master volume and just worried about the volume of that specific output. So I could change the master volume as much as I wanted. I could even mute the master volume and it would still capture that audio completely fine. This is the way I preferred it, but honestly, either way was going to work perfectly fine as long as I knew one of them was going to be working. Whichever method it was going to be using, as long as it sticks with that, I don't care... I don't care about anything else. But it wasn't sticking with that. It was changing. And I don't know what was causing it to change. It just seemed like every couple of updates, someone changed something and it it completely it was completely different. I I don't know why. So Pulse Audio doesn't have that problem. Also, Pipewire was listening with some other issues like some popping audio and crackling audio and things like that, which still are occasionally present inside of pipe uh, inside of pulse audio sorry but they're not as prevalent um i could have avoided them anyway like the problems were mainly being caused by the fact that i have uh, a soundbar and i occasionally leave the soundbar plugged in and if i leave the soundbar plugged in and turned on or well i always leave it plugged in if i leave it turned on it's not sure which output to actually use and swaps back the output as soon as audio starts playing. Once the audio is playing, though, it's not an issue. It's just at the start of the audio playing can be a bit of an issue. But for now, I'm going to be on Pipewire. It's probably going to be like... Uh, so for now, I'm going to be on Pulse Audio. And it's probably going to be like that for the foreseeable future. I'll probably go back to Pipewire in a couple of months, see if anything's really improved. If it has, I'll stick with it. If it hasn't, back to Pulse it is. But this does really worry me because my dog is barking now. Uh, okay, I'll go deal with the dog, and then I will, I will, I will, I'll finish this. Turns out she was barking because my housemate just got home. Anyway, um, distros are starting to actually ship Pipewire as the default. So 
both Ubuntu and Fedora. Fedora does make sense because Pipewire is being developed by Red Hat. Red Hat makes Fedora. Makes sense that that's going to be their testing distro. But Ubuntu over on... I don't think it's even just on the Wayland side. I think that Ubuntu is going to start shipping Pipewire as the default uh, all around. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I could be mistaken. Um... Yeah, it's 2104 uses, uh, has officially enabled support for Pipewire. And 2204 use Pipewire, but probably not. Uh, I, I know under the Wayland release, though, Pipewire actually is installed as the default. I don't know if that removes the Pulse Audio server. Um, if it does, that's a problem. Because what's going to happen is... Pipewire is going to break again, and when Pipewire breaks, we're going to have the exact same problem that we had when the when um, Pulse Audio is being swapped in over from just plain Ulsa, and that is that it's a fucking mess. And when something is an absolute mess like that, and Distro starts shipping it as the default, what ends up happening is, for its entire existence, it ends up having a really, really bad rap. This is why, even though Pulse Audio is you know, perfectly fine at this point. It has some issues, but it's perfectly fine. It still has a terrible rap, because early on, there were distro shipping with broken configurations. It just generally didn't work even with a good configuration, with a lot of hardware setups. It had issues. This is a problem that is going to be repeated if distros like, or if, if maintainers like Canonical and Red Hat aren't being careful. Fedora, I think, yeah, as I said, Fedora, it makes sense as a testing distro. And I think having Pipewire there as an option is always a good option. But it should be an option. Wayland makes it a bit harder. So the problem with the Wayland side is that Pipewire is used for more than just doing audio. Pipewire is also a uh, a video... What would be the word for it? So it's like, it's an audio sound system and like a video, it handles video streams, similar to something like um, G-Streamer? G-Streamer, I think G-Streamer handles video. But it ha anyway, it handles video streams. You need that on Wayland because Wayland doesn't have a, um, a video API, unlike Xorg, where you can just be like, I want to capture that window or that window or capture my desktop. That's just not a thing that can be done on Wayland, Wayland just doesn't have a capture API like that. This is fine most of the time, but it means things like OBS didn't function. It does function now through Pipewire. You couldn't do things like screen capture if you're using things like Discord. It was just an overall absolute mess. It's still going to be a mess in the future, though. I hope... I hope that whatever Ubuntu and Fedora are doing ends up being stable. Um, yeah. They might... Ubuntu honestly might go back to Pulse Audio afterwards. Yeah, so 2104 will try Wayland by default and we'll have Pipewire on that. I know the Wayland stuff won't be default... I know it came out like two months ago, but it's not default if you have an NVIDIA card because while NVIDIA works fine with native Wayland... Uh, the problem that Wayland has with NVIDIA stuff is anything running through X Wayland is not GPU accelerated. And the problem with that is a lot of what you run on Wayland is through X Wayland. It's the exact same problem you get when you're doing stuff with Linux Audio, where 
a lot of the stuff you're doing, if you're running Pipewire, isn't going to be using Pipewire. It's going to be running Pulse Audio, Pipewire uh, pipe Pulse Audio, or it's going to be running Pipewire Ulcer or Pipewire Jack. Which means it's a fucking mess. <laughs> means it's a mess and is, is maintaining a maintainer's nightmare. So I hope the best for Pipewire and I hope the Pipewire ends up stabilizing more. And get some. Uh, also, it, it needs better documentation. The documentation for Pipewire at this stage is barely functional, to say the least. Mostly missing to be more accurate. So, it needs work. Hopefully, gets it. It looks like it's getting it. With, yeah, that, I can sit here and complain all day about Pipewire, but I know that there's going to be people who say, "Oh, my install of Pipewire is perfectly fine," and good for you. I hope it is perfectly fine, but it's not perfectly fine on every configuration, and that's the problem. It needs to be perfectly fine on everything, or most things. Like, Windows Audio, for example, no one complains like, oh, my earphones don't work on this computer. That's just not a thing. That's where I would like Linux Audio to be at at some point. Just to be as stable as Windows Audio, or as stable as macOS Audio, and just works. Just working is all I could ask for. I don't need it to be amazing. I don't need it to be something that I could write home about. I just need it to work. We're getting there. And Pipewire is that direction we can get there. But we're still a while away. Mm. So I said I was going to talk about the, um, the, the Coco graduation. So... This is get me getting into Hololive stuff again. I love Hololive. You guys should know this by now. I love VTubers in general. Actually, that's why I've you know, got the, the hoodie on. Um, but, so, Coco is one of the members of Hololive JP uh, fourth generation. And recently it was announced that uh, she is going to be graduating from Hololive. So graduating basically is the cover corp term for this person's being fired or they're, you know, they're just not going to be a VTuber under Hololive anymore. From what I've seen, it doesn't seem to be related to anything that Coco did herself. So unlike the case with Aloe, for example, where she was instantly terminated, um, it seems more like a, a Coco and management decision where because of the stuff that happened with China earlier, um, it's, she's not going to be doing this job anymore. So if you don't know anything about Hololive, basically, for a long time, actually, there's been a lot of weird issues between Coco and the Chinese fans of Hololive. Um, she's... One of her uh, streams, she was showing her analytics, and I think her biggest... The biggest region that was viewing her was uh was Taiwan and this is a problem because China wants to think that Taiwan is a part of China which it's not I'm not getting that argument it is its own separate country anyway when she did this though um the a lot of the Chinese mainland people started basically attacking her and have been doing that for honestly the past couple of months which is really strange because the way you're watching Coco is you're watching her through a VPN. And the reason why there's such a high number of Taiwanese viewers is because you're all VPNing to Taiwan. So you're acknowledging the fact that Taiwan is a thing, but she can't do it. 
it it's just it, honestly it, it's just dumb um but the big problem that happened from all of this is when it started heating up she started getting a lot of these hate comments on her actual streams now what you would expect to have happen here is the management that's helping her to actually manage her streams and keep them up and running would ban these people and, you know, keep their talent actually safe. What actually happened, though, is maybe it was through some management error or something else. Uh, they ended up modding a couple of these people and they were, like, banning people inside of Coco's chat. Like, a lot of the regulars and members and things like that. And during that stream, uh, there was a clip of her where she just basically broke down crying on stream. And she lives with one of the other members of Hololive, and she came to comfort her during that stream. I think after that, she basically just ended it and left the stream for that day. Uh, and since that point, from the people who've been close to her, Kanata, one of the people she lives with, uh, being the, probably the closest, has said she sort of hasn't been the same sort of person saying early on in when she joined Hololive, she was always super energetic, super willing to do anything, trying to get everyone to play Ark because Ark has dinosaurs and you can ride dinosaurs. But since all of the China stuff happened, she's sort of been in a situation where she looks like she's been playing tough, like trying to, trying to seem like she's okay on stream and just like, you know, putting on a, a, a brave face for the audience who actually do like her and do respect the content she puts out. Um, but I can only imagine that when you're at a, a channel that's at like over a million subs, I think she's at like 1.2 million. Um, let's see how many subs she actually has. One, where, where, where's, where's her channel at? There it is. 1.22 million. Um, yeah, when you're a channel that big, and when you get like you know tens of thousands of uh, tens of thousands of viewers in your stream, there's going to be a lot of haters in there as well, and I'm sure that would definitely be draining, especially having it happen every single day, non-stop, and not really getting that much help from the management. I hope that going into the future, she keeps doing stuff on her secondary channel. Um. It's fairly easy to find. Coco has a very distinctive voice. If you've never heard her before, basically she sounds like an American speaking Japanese. Um, and when you have a voice like that, it's it's very, very obvious uh, when you have a second channel and uh, who you actually are. Some of the people, it's a bit bit harder to notice, but in Coco's case, like, it, there's not, there's a very small hand, a very, very small number of people who sound like her. Um, also, she showed off her Hololive uh, assets on a uh, one of her streams on her alt channel, which also basically confirmed it as well. Shouldn't have done that. Management weren't happy about that one. But due to stuff that was happening... Also, with um when when she hit a million... this So with all of the other members, when they hit a million subs, they got, like, congratulations on the uh, the CoverCorp website, on, the, like, the, the Hololive website for... Yeah, yeah what I'm saying. The... Hololive website that CoverCorp manages. There we go. All of the other members got congratulations when they hit a million subs. Coco was the only one who didn't, which makes it seem like there's something weird going on between her and management. Plus, the other branch management didn't exactly want Coco collaborating with any of their talent. Like, there's been issues where, for a while now, uh, a lot of the Hololive EN members have wanted to do videos, a lot wanted to do streams with Coco. 
but they just haven't been allowed to, which is fair from the management side because, you know, there's a lot of hate that's going to come to anyone who does stream with Coco. Eventually, it did happen. Uh, the other day, she did a stream with um with Ollie from the Indonesian branch and Callie from the Yen branch. Uh, and there's another one coming soon, which is going to be doing a stream with Watame and Callie again, um, playing Mario Party, which is fun. That's going to be coming up very, very shortly before her, uh, maybe I think two weeks before her graduation. Um, also, there's been some weird stuff where uh, official Hololive news has been tagged as um, a tagged with Hololive China as well. And Hololive China is the branch that was killed uh, not long after the Coco situation, probably in response to it because other members of their, uh, their uh, talent were getting affected. And now that Coco's, uh, Coco's basically being fired, um, there is a chance that they might try to revive the Hololive China branch. And if they do that, that'll be just like a massive, a massive kick in the balls to anyone who supported Coco through, through that, um, through that time, like through the time when she was being harassed by all the, the Chinese quote unquote fans. I hope they don't revive the China branch. I, I really hope they don't. Like all of the original members have gone on to do their own things. Um, Artie is doing her own stream now under a different name. Uh, the other members are doing their own things as well. I don't think they're all still streaming as VTubers, but I know they're all still doing stuff online. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of sad about what's happened with Coco, and I, I, I do hope she keeps doing stuff on her on her old channel. And I know that the the members who are really good friends with her are gonna keep talking about what they've said on stream. Some of them still live with her, and. There's, there's, I have no plans to like move out and do anything like that. So it's possible that if she's allowed to, she may still peek her head into the um the streams that like Kanata's doing or that Cisse's doing. But you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, yeah. I've also been watching. I've been watching some of the clips with the uh, her her gen mates, the people who um started in Whole Life the same time she did. And honestly, all of them are, all of them seem absolutely distraught that she's leaving. So it really does, like, initially I thought it was something that was Coco's decision, but the way that everyone's reacting really makes it seem like it's more of a management thing and something she was forced to do. Like, uh, there's a clip of, uh, of Toa, um, where apparently she, so <laughs> according to, to Coco, she is like a massive crybaby. And it comes off really obvious during that where she was honestly like almost breaking under tears talking about Coco leaving. And she wasn't even saying anything that serious. She was just like talking about it happening. I don't know. I, I'm sad about it. Coco was one of the only members of the JP side that I watched fairly regularly because she does do EN content. Um, and her meme review series is honestly amazing. Without Coco, the... Japanese side, actually, just Hololive in general probably wouldn't be as big as it is because her and Hachima, um, were the two members before the EN side and before the Indonesian side who actually knew English. I'm gonna say well, for Coco's case, knew English at all. 
in Hachama's case. It wasn't great English, but it was better than nothing. Even though she lives in Australia, still can barely speak English. Anyway, without people like that in Hololive, the EN side honestly wouldn't exist. Because she's the reason why they're doing stuff with Reddit now. She's the reason why there's so many EN viewers. She, I think she's also one of their, like, one of their biggest money makers in Hololive in general. I'm pretty sure from Super Chats, uh, she makes the most money in the world on Super Chats. Uh, or at least very close to it. Let's see if I can... Do I still have that link? No, I don't have that link around still. Uh, there's a website that tracks, um, tracks Super Chats. Let's see if I can find it. YouTube... YouTube Pop Super Chat Channels. Um... This one, Playboard? Okay, Coco is now second. But, most super chatted. Lucia is first place right now. Okay, so Coco is super chatted more. She just made less money. Uh, only only $2.8 million rather than $2.9 million. Um, let's see if I can find it. Uh... Monthly, most super chatted. Uh, wait, what is this? Okay, no, this is definitely wrong. Why is it saying? Oh no, that's sorry, that's Australia. Here we go. Yeah, so if we go monthly, Lucia is above now. But holy shit, Kiara is actually really high up on that list. What the hell? And Lamy, okay, and also. Ina, but like all of the basically the entire top list of super chats is covered by VTubers, which is I I love I love the fact that that happens. There's a couple of other channels, but for the most part, it's uh, it, it's definitely VTubers. Also, Timple, um, <laughs> which I love. Timple's still on that list. Um, yeah, Coco, look look like that. That's a massive amount of money she's bringing in for the company. So. Maybe the China side is just that valuable. I really hope, honestly, I, I, as I said before, I really hope they don't start up China again after Coco leaves. That'll honestly be really annoying. I still, I still just uh, would support the talents, but cover themselves. I think it would be much harder to support anything they do in the future if that actually does happen. Um, yeah, I think that's enough of the sad topic. I, I don't want to talk more about Coco anymore. That honestly does make me sad. Um, yeah. Let's move on to something a bit happier. I am actually considering... So, I I don't think I've talked about it on the podcast before, but I've talked about it on live stream. I used to have really long hair. Like, you know, like, critical. Like, actually, about as... Like, I think longer than, than critical's hair. If you've never seen critical, um... Yeah, no, it was definitely longer than critical's, yeah. Like, our boy Twitch Jesus here. I used to have hair longer than his. And honestly, I've, I've been considering growing my hair back out again. I don't know. I, I'm thinking about it. Obviously, like, there's a while for the hair to, to grow. But I don't know. I had short hair growing up. I got long hair for a while. Wasn't really maintaining it. That's the reason why I cut it. But if I actually do that properly, like, make sure I'm, you know, keeping it looking decent, I think I think it'd work out kind of well. Uh, people keep saying, oh, you're going to look like a... A not fat Stallman every time I mention it, but it's it's possible. Um because <laughs> there are people who keep telling me, hey, you should like shave your head, and maybe maybe also to spite them, 
I could do the exact opposite. It's not just that. I, I do like having long hair, and I think with the beard, it actually would look pretty good. Because um, previously when I had the long hair, I had a, like a mustache and a goatee. And that, that, not a good time. I've shown pictures of that before. I looked like a, like a meth dealer. A meth dealer who also uses their, a meth dealer who uses their supply, basically. It's not, it was not a good time. I looked fucking ridiculous. That was when I was around like 19, 20 or so. So I was honestly really dumb. Uh, I'm still fucking dumb now, but I feel like I'm less dumb than I was then. And I want to go back to it. I want to try it out. I can obviously you can always cut it if you don't like it. And there's plenty of time between now and it actually being long for me to change my mind. So I could always decide uh, against it. But I think I'm gonna do. It. I think I'm gonna just let it let it just grow out and see what happens. Maybe it'll look ridiculous. Maybe it won't. Only uh, there's only one real way to find out, and that that one way is to just go and do it. I thought I, to I thought there was more to that topic than that, but apparently there's not. <laughs> there's not really much to say about it, really. Everyone that I've mentioned it to has been um, fairly positive from the sounds of it. I haven't had anyone tell me that it's just a terrible idea and I shouldn't do it. Maybe because maybe because I'm asking in my Discord, and the people in my Discord like to see me suffer occasionally, so maybe they're not the best people to ask. Uh, maybe I'll mention it on stream. See what uh on like the main channel stream and see what um what people have to say about it there. Cause I have sh I I've showed off pictures there and the, the, they were quite loved pictures, so it would be cool. Um, and then you get to see the same thing that Critical had, where over like the course of a year or two, uh, you just got to see his hair grow out and grow out, and it actually would be pretty obvious from my thumbnails, cause you know I've got the the fucking uh, Hall the Halloween, the Hawaiian shirts that will make that stand out massively. Uh, you probably won't notice it too much against the chair, though. I actually have... That's one thing. I have been considering replacing this chair because it's, uh, it's getting a little damaged. The armrest here is falling apart. It, it squeaks a lot. The squeaking I tried to fix um, didn't fix. When I put some WD-40 on it, the problem is just still there. This is the chair. I think I bought it for like a hundred dollars. Maybe yeah, I think maybe a hundred dollars at Office Works. Had it for like a year and a half. It's been good so far. Uh, I'm not buying something super expensive. Like you know, there was a. I was watching a stream the other day, and someone was like, "Oh, maybe I should get like a Herman Miller chair." And I was looking at Herman Miller chair. I was like, "Hmm, maybe I could buy a car. <laughs> maybe I could fucking buy a car instead of this chair. But maybe I'll get something a little bit less falling apart." It'll be fine for now. It's not like it's it's uncomfortable to use. It's not like the, the padding on the chair has just completely vanished. So I can definitely keep a hold on it for quite a while. The only thing that's going to make me replace this very shortly is if um, over end of financial year sales or Amazon Prime Day or anything like that, there is some sort of really good deal that I see. If that happens, yeah, you might see it. But I'm not really... Um, I'm not really looking right now. It's more like a, a thought that's crossing my mind. Like, maybe I should do this. And then I forget about it and do something else. And that's how I actually... That, that's kind of how I feel about every purchase I get. Anything that's more than, like, $50, I'm like, maybe I should get that. And then just don't do it. <laughs> Good way to save money, to be honest. Rather than thinking, I should buy that. Buy it. 
think the same thing again and forget that I bought it and buy like two of them. Uh, I know people like that as well. And that's, um, that's a good way to waste money. Oh, speaking of our end of financial year sales and Amazon Prime Day, they're happening at the same time. Our, um, our end of financial year is uh, in the end of June. I know in America it's a... It, I don't know, what, when, when is tax season in, in America? It's some weird time. Um, but there's two things I want to buy. Wait, what? One item saved in your... Uh, in your saved items has changed price. Oh, yay. The price has gone up. Lovely. Uh, it's only gone up like 30 cents. It was a book I was trying to buy. Um, but the only two things I'm considering buying are a new microphone. Um, this microphone is good. I like it. It's a great microphone. <laughs> I love that they're pretending like this is a deal. Like, it's not a fucking deal. That's the price it's been for fucking months now. Um, ooh, it's $9.99. This price has been here for fucking three months. Don't pretend like it's a deal still. This, uh, this is the actual price of it. Um, but yeah, I wanna, I'm considering, considering getting a Shure SM7B. It's a really, really, really good microphone. It's $500, but it's a really good microphone. And if I buy that, basically that's going to be the last microphone I consider buying for, honestly, until the microphone breaks, to be completely frank. Like, there's no reason to really replace a Shure SM7B. Uh, I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, Joe Rogan actually used this on his podcast, and this is... This this microphone here you've seen before, even if you've never looked at microphones, because it is just the it is the microphone that everyone gets when they want to do a podcast. It's just like the the podcast default. It is a beautiful microphone. It sounds amazing. I know there is um there is a similar microphone that a lot of people think is maybe better. Like honestly, at, when you get to microphones that capture your voice perfectly, it then depends on the sound you're looking for. Whether you want it to be like a more crisper sound, anything like that. When you're actually at, at my level, there's still details you're missing, so upgrading would make sense. But after that point, it's very much like a personal preference thing. I'm sure someone's going to tell me why a ten thousand mic, a ten thousand dollar microphone just sounds better, but. To be completely honest, unless you have, you know, $10,000 earphones, um, you probably won't notice it anyway. And I also want to get a, there was a new lens that I was looking at a while back. Ah, uh, shit, what was the lens? Um, Canon, uh, what was it? It was a 15, 15 millimeter, 1.4? The one. I think it's an F. Is it F one point four? Big. So wait, no. Uh, Canon. No, it's not. Sorry, it wasn't fifteen mil. Uh, sixteen mil. Sigma. Sixteen mil one point four. Yeah, that's that's what it is. Is this the? Yes, this is the Canon mount. This is the other. The other thing that I would like to buy. Um, I also don't want to spend what seven hundred dollars. Um, 
yeah. That's why I'm waiting for there to be a deal. I'm not, like, super set on buying it. Like, it's not something I need. Like, this lens is perfectly functional. I would just like it because it looks much, much better. It will massively improve, like, the, the bokeh effect. And will make the videos just look better. It's a much sharper lens being an f1.4 um, rather than this one, which is f2. I think, what's the... Does it say on the lens what its minimum f-stop is? Um, no, it does not. Um, I think the minimum f-stop on this is like 2.8. But when you have a lower f-stop, it increases the... Basically, the what the lower f-stop does is increases the amount of blur on the background and lets more light into the lens. So I would be able to turn my, uh, my lights down and still have just as much brightness... By having those turned down, though, it would also make the back wall look much, much brighter because I wouldn't be touching those lenses, but are uh, those lights, sorry. But the lights back there would be less blown out by the light I have in front of me. Like, if I turn off right here, you'll notice that looks much brighter. It won't look that bright, um, but it, it will be brighter. And it would just generally look better. But I, I really don't want to pay seven. I really don't want to pay seven hundred dollars. Really don't. So it, it's something that I've been um, I've been um, uh, putting off for quite a while. Let's see. Let's see if there's a price on Amazon. Okay, there's a cheaper one on Amazon. This one is only five hundred and sixty dollars. So maybe it'll come down. Maybe, 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 maybe. Um. I could accept paying a, a bit over $1,000 for both of them. And I think once I've done that, that would basically be the last set of purchases I need to make. Or I the last set of purchases I want to make for the channel. Besides, obviously, like, little things, like if a cable breaks or something like that. Those would be the last big purchases I have any interest in doing for, really, the foreseeable future. Like, I have no interest in up uh, upgrading my camera body to... I don't know, whatever I would upgrade it to. I have no interest in upgrading my soundboard. The soundboard, this soundboard does everything I could ever want it to do. To get something better than this, I would have to pay, honestly, shitloads of money. This has as many inputs as I could ever want. It has a built-in effects mixer. It has everything that I need. Maybe, maybe, maybe microphone arms, but, like, these function. I don't really have anything to really complain about they squeak a little bit occasionally but some wd-40 always goes and fixes that and it makes so little noise now anyway that you don't even hear it i think you hear more uh, more noise from like the the wind going past it when i uh i move the microphone so i i have anything any reason to do that so that'll be that'll be nice honestly that'll be nice having nothing else to to upgrade because you can all okay well, the thing with with doing any sort of creation work like this any and really anything like this is you can always spend more money if you're looking to spend more money but i don't think there's any reason to actually do so if you've got everything that you really want and everything that would really noticeably improve the content like i could get a better camera I could get, you know, not lights off of eBay like those ones are. I could get better lights to actually light me, but I don't need them. That's the whole thing. These lights I can uh, I can improve by doing a couple of little um little tweaks like 
having a, a a very jank filter over them, things like that. Things like that will improve the way these lights look more than buying new lights actually would. So, yeah, I haven't had any reason to really do something like that. Because I, you know, you could spend like $2,000 on lights, but the it's it's like with really any sort of purchase. At a certain point, you get extreme diminishing returns. Like whether you're buying a graphics card or you're buying a monitor or you're buying a car or really anything you're trying to buy, there will be extreme diminishing returns way before that top end price bracket. And I think I'm at the like bang for buck sort of place I want to be at. And that's a good spot to be in. It's certainly a good spot to be in because if anything breaks, like one of these lights breaks, these are like $70, which is more than I want to spend, but it's $70. It's not $700 like some people spend. I've seen the uh, the lights that DT has in his setup, and I don't know why he bought them. I genuinely don't. I don't know where he was using them in his office before. I don't know if he ever even plans to use them or if he just owns them for the sake of owning them. Um, I don't know why he has lights like that. If you uh, go watch his um his office his new office tour where he's uh, moved into the new office and you'll see like he's got big um big box lights i i don't know why like you're not doing photography you just don't need them like you just gen genuinely don't need them i could probably improve stuff with more lights but it's no reason like there's no reason to do so just, just no reason um yeah that's enough talking about lights i guess and things like that One thing I want to talk about, um, I want to talk about, let's see, what do I want to talk about? What's on my list? Oh yeah, I've actually been doing a bit of gaming in my free time, not like during the week. Uh, during the week, I generally try to spend most of my time working on the channel and things like that. But on the weekend, I the only channel stuff I do is for the, um, the main channel where I do the one live stream. Apart from that, I don't do any, any channel stuff except for uploading. Uh, because I usually forget to upload before the weekend, so I have to sort of do it then. Um, but in my free time on the Saturday and Sunday last week, and I think on the Friday actually as well, because I finished stuff early and didn't have much else to do, I just played some Dead Cells. And to be completely honest, it was just fun. It, it was just fun playing a game off stream. As much as I enjoy playing games on stream and chatting chatting with the chat i guess would be how you'd say that um just being able to enjoy the game not having a light in my face just just playing the game actually let's let's turn this light down like even if i turn this down, what's the minimum setting i could have this on that is the wrong direction that is why it's getting brighter brody like even if i turn it down to that's the minimum even like that, that's still something distracting me. When I can just look at the game and be like, I'm going to enjoy the game. There's just something nice about that. I know this is going to sound really weird to someone who's not, you know, who doesn't, who doesn't live stream, who just doesn't really know what it's like to be on stream. But the, the way you play games on stream, the way you do really anything on stream is very different to when you're just doing it by yourself. Because if you're trying to make the stream actually entertaining... A portion of your brain obviously is going to have to be focused on trying to read the chat and thinking of things to actually say in response to it. And 
if you're not responding to the chat, think of stuff you can actually talk about. And you can't focus your entire your entire brain power, your entire brain brain energy, brain matter. Uh, I don't know why I'm saying weird ways to say this on the on the game itself, which makes games one harder, but also less fun. Like, I think when I was doing Crystal on stream, that game was so bad that I think the only way to play that was actually doing it on stream. But I think I still would have found some fun even if I was doing it by myself. And a lot of the boss fights that ended up um, taking way too long, I feel like I would have worked out the strat to get through it considerably quicker if I was just doing it by myself. And besides Dead Cells, I also played some OS as well. And I haven't, I have honestly not played OS in, I, th when did, I think my last high score was 2015, so six years ago. And back then, you couldn't play OS on Linux. At least you couldn't play it on Linux without using Wine. Um, and now, now OS Laser exists. OS Laser is the open source version of OS. The problem is it's not really, it's not really OS just yet because you don't get any um, any leaderboard points from it, so you can't actually rank up. Uh, you can still play the game just fine if you don't care about your rank. It's it, you can still play it just fine. But I can see why people who actually do care just wouldn't want to play it. I know the you can play OS with Wine relatively well, but when you do it with Wine, it also has some input lag issues as well, which would make it a bit of a mess. Um, so right now, the best way to play OS is over on Windows or Mac OS. But I'm happy to play it without getting leaderboard score on Linux. And I didn't realize how rusty I was and also how quickly I was going to get back to my old muscle memory. Because I was playing... What was, what was I playing? I think I was starting to get S ranks on like 4.2 star songs, which is by no means great. But it's... It took me like a long time to get to that point. And now I'm already back to the point where I'm getting A's on 3.8s. So I'm not even that far behind back where I was. And I've really only played for like six hours. Granted, granted, back when I was playing it a lot, I did play for 120 hours, so it's not surprising there's a lot of muscle memory that is retained. Um, but even a game like that is just super relaxing. And I have to, honestly, I have to keep playing some games in my free time. The, it's the same problem with really, with really anything I do. I am bad at giving myself time off. This is a problem that I've noticed for a very long time. Even back in uni, I would, you know, I would spend my, basically all my time doing uni stuff, which is not healthy. I needed to have, like, break time doing my own stuff, and I just, I just didn't do it. But since then, I've sort of, I'm sort of starting to realize how important that actually is to do, because I have had some pretty serious burnout problems on the uni side. Nothing, nothing for YouTube just yet, uh, happily, happily? thankfully. But if I'm not careful, it will definitely happen. And when it does happen, it'll put like a, an absolute slowdown on everything. So doing things like that in my free time, having a bit of fun on the weekend. Last weekend actually felt like a proper weekend for the first time in maybe a year or so, to be honest. Um, and I also want to go on a holiday and things like that. I mentioned the holiday last time and 
it'll be, honestly it'll be nice. It'll be nice. I'm currently uh, recording extra videos each week just so I can have a uh, bit of an extra backlog so I can just take a week and not record anything. Right now, I think I've got six videos in my um in my extended queue, uh, which is almost enough. I don't want to leave my uh, my queue completely empty in case like I get back and then I injure myself and can't record. I want to have I want to have at least a buffer of like three or four videos to make it so that that can actually be dealt with in a reasonable way. You know, you or you wouldn't want to come back from a holiday and then go into working like double time mode. That would be insane. That would defeat the purpose of the holiday. Um, but we're working on it, and when probably when spring comes around, I will take an actual holiday. So there might be a time when uh, there will be videos on the channel, but I won't be around to answer comments for a week. Really, I'll just be fucking somewhere. I don't know where. Somewhere. Somewhere in rural Australia, probably. Just, like, chilling. Maybe, I don't know, doing something. <laughs> not not being here. Being somewhere that I haven't been before, because I've not been on a holiday, and that's just... That's just kind of sad. I'm 23. I need to do something. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Speaking of YouTube, though, uh, I have made an achievement. An achievement that the person I made the achievement against probably does not honestly care. Um... Let's see. I have defeated... I have defeated my arch nemesis. I have defeated my arch nemesis, Baby Wogue. So Baby Wogue is a Linux channel uh, that puts fucking zero effort into his videos and gets a shitload of views. But for some reason, even though he gets so many views, his subgrowth is basically non-existent. It's very strange. Um, But, like, he'll upload a video, get, like... Some videos get like 4k views, four and a half. Uh, there's some in here, 6k views. Like, what the hell? That, that's actually really good. But these videos are like a minute long. And um, I, honestly, I, I feel like I'm in the wrong industry. I should just be doing GNOME videos with anime pictures in them. And apparently you can get fucking 8k views from that. Um, yeah, or 10k views on... Or 14k views. <laughs> I'm really in the wrong industry, aren't I? Imagine, like, putting effort into my videos rather than just using text-to-speech and making a video on just, like, some top... Like, one one feature, not even, like, a program, a feature of Gnome or a feature of, like, of Plasma, things like that. Maybe, that, maybe that's what I should do, honestly. But, um, anyway, defeating Baby Woke. I have finally surpassed Baby Woke in subs. It's taken a very long time. Um, currently, I am at 16.9k. Um, okay, 16,920 to be exact. And Baby Woke is at 16,700. Because I can't see exactly how many subs he has, I don't know how much I'm actually ahead of him, but I am ahead of him, and that is all that honestly matters. The reason why uh, I, I started this rivalry that he doesn't care about um, is because I think... How long... Wait, can I actually see it? Yes, I can see it. I was trying to look for this post a while back. Uh, wait, tell me the thing. Mentions. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. 
I meant, I think I talked about this when it actually happened. There was a paper published by Google, I can't find that now, that was saying people were preferring non-text-to-speech voices over human speech. Oh, non-text-to-speech? NTTS. Is that what... Text-to-speech... Something text-to-speech voices over human voices. Not only for devices communication, but they were also including long-form text like audiobooks. Uh, audio I know, I know, you can't possibly believe, uh, possibly believe that. I don't believe it either, no matter how much I want to, but after listening to Brody Robinson, everything will make sense. Arch Linux will forever be after. Arch Linux will forever be after this. The fuck! I didn't, I'm not tired of it. Uh, You're I'm always gonna have that. Oh, did I? I forgot a word. Be better after this. Which, by the way, he makes a 10-minute video review on Pac-Man 6.0 that allows pa a parallel downloads without even trying it. Wow, crazy. But hey, what? It was a news, even scientific post. It was just a matter of perspective, and I think he got kind of um. Why are you gatekeeping, bro? You can find research backing anything to, uh, you desire. To many billions of people, bro, I per um, personally, I find video genera generated voices cringy. I don't know. I don't know the reason. Perhaps there's an uncanny valley for voices, too. Um, oh, yeah. When he was like, it's a review. I'm like, no, it's not a review. It was news. Um... The only conclusion I have made is Linux YouTubers constantly YouTubing on things they don't even try. And I mean, and I don't mean about Brody because this was the first video I watched. But guess what? It happened again. Um, yeah, so because of this post, I've had a, a rivalry that only I cared about. Um, that only I cared about with Baby Wogue. And now I've defeated him. I have defeated my arch nemesis. Uh, and I'm happy about it. <laughs> I, I, I'm happy my, my arch nemesis has been defeated. I can now move on to, to bigger, to bigger challenges like, I don't know, um, Luke? Yeah, maybe I'll defeat Luke next. Well, my, I don't know, my face is just red. My hands look like they're the correct color, but I guess my face is just bright red. Uh, sure. I thought there might have been something with, off with the colors of my camera, but no, no, that's just, that's just, this is how my face looks, apparently. So yes, more subs from Baby Wogue. I'm happy. Um, yeah. I did, actually, wait, let's see if I can find it. One of my mates was talking about a thing that was happening with Funimation and Anime Lab. Here we go. This can be a nice thing to end off the episode with. Um... So, apparently, from next week, Anime Lab will begin to merge with Funimation, bringing more ways to stream your favorite anime content. Same Aussie team, new global family. Our world is yours down under. Uh, I... God, Funimation taking over Anime Lab is gonna be, uh... Gonna be a, a great, 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 great mess. So, let's see. Where is it? So, let's make a fun article, actually, about it. Surely, surely someone like Anime News Network will talk about this. Uh, Anime Lab. Sure, five hours ago from the Anime News Network. Yeah, sure. So Funimation announced on Wednesday the Australian and New Zealand streaming service via Anime Lab will rebrand into Funimation beginning on June 17th. The service will retain the Anime Lab team, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Funimation now... Right, so Sony, the, the big problem here, the big problem is that Sony are the owners of, um, of 
Funimation. And Sony, Sony and Funimation have some serious issues with uh, censorship. So Funimation, for example, didn't have any interest in um, streaming Ishizoku reviewers because, I don't know, I guess it was too sexual for them. The only, the only um, service out there that was actually willing to stream that, that, uh, that series was Anime Lab. And from what I'm hearing, there are people who are, who are kind of worried that Anime Lab is going to go down the same path as, um, as Funimation now. Worried what's even going to be available on, on Anime Lab, if they're going to be changing up their licensing, if maybe the, the licensing is going to extend to Funimation, or what exactly is happening. I personally don't use Funimation or Anime Lab. I acquire my anime through various other means and then buy merchandise to actually fund stuff. But I don't like... It's the same thing with anything. I've, I've talked about centralization before. I don't like the centralization of services like this. What I would like to see happen is a much more open way that licensing is being done. Licensing on the internet is still very much similar to the way that licensing is done with DVDs, where you have like heavy region locking that just doesn't need to exist on the internet. It never needed to exist with DVDs either, but it was easier to enforce on DVDs because usually when you buy a DVD, it's going to be from your region. But there's no regions on the internet. Doing region locking like the way that Crunchyroll does, the way that Funimation does, the way that Anime Lab does, just never makes sense. And this is why you're seeing... It's not just with the anime industry either. It's with um, Netflix and Hulu and stuff like that. When you put region locks in place, what it does is encourages people to pirate stuff. And... Oh, also, right. Um, anime Lab also has a, a, uh, a freemium model where you didn't actually need to pay to use the platform. It had ads that was actually being used to fund it. I don't know if that's sticking around. I genuinely don't know what's going to be happening with Anime Lab going into the future, whether it's just going to be like actually become Funimation or how that's really going to be handled. I am, I am worried. I am worried for it, for the people who actually use it. And... Also, a lot of the reason why people use Anime Lab is because of that, the library that it had. Because it did have shows that Funimation didn't want to touch. So, hopefully, things like Ishizoku Reviewers actually stay on Anime Lab. Because otherwise, you know, like, Anime Lab is just not going to have a, or I guess now Funimation, is just not going to have a reason to exist inside of Australia. I remember when that was streaming, where on, on like, r slash anime, the only place where people were, well, the only place where you could actually watch... Ishizoku reviews was Anime Lab, so people were just saying, oh, you should just, like, VPN into Australia to be able to watch that. And there has never been a time when anyone has wanted to VPN into Australia to actually watch anything. That was the only time. Um, but the fact that they are maintaining their own team does hold some hope that maybe it'll be... it'll still be functional, but... I'm 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 not hopeful. If Funimation also has Crunchy, does that mean? Oh yeah, Funimation also uh, also owns Crunchyroll, or I guess they're partnered. So basically, basically you have one streaming service. Everyone is now Funimation. 
So watch piracy just spike because it will. It just will. Um, which is good for the pirates, I guess. Good for the pirate websites. Uh, a lot of them have a lot of sketchy ads, and this will uh, definitely push some tra uh, traffic towards it. And even my mates who do stream stuff, I wouldn't be surprised if they start asking about sites where they can find stuff. Plus, the other pro okay, the other problem I have with Funimation, Crunchyroll, and all of that is the amount of money they actually send over to Japanese companies. Crunchyroll being a really fucking big offender of this, where Crunchyroll, a uh, Crunchyroll was making High Guardian Spice. Now, High Guardian Spice looked like basically a Tumblr fanfic. But the big problem with it was the fact that Crunchyroll already just wasn't paying good rates to the Japanese studios and then was making their own thing, basically paying them less money, trying to justify paying them less money. If you're using a streaming service like Funimation, like Crunchyroll, most people are doing it not to support Crunchyroll, they're doing it to support those Japanese studios. And if these companies are just not giving that much money to those studios, what reason is there for them to really exist? My thought is not really much. That that's that's sort of where I stand on that. Maybe someone differs in opinion from me, that's fine. If you want to disagree, that's cool. But I think that I, I honestly I think that there's going to be pe more people going to places like Nya or any of the um any of the mirrors of Nya. It also doesn't hurt that the subs on from fan subbers are just generally better. Like they come out in the same amount of time and have less like cringy memes in them. No one's saying things like sus. Oh yeah, that's one thing that happened. Um with the the sub of uh, Nagatoro. With the Crunchyroll sub, I'm gonna say. Uh, for some reason, they decided to translate something that Nagatoro said to sus instead of suspicious. And that just annoyed people even more. It shouldn't be there. Just stop trying to put cringy memes, cringy Zuma memes into your fucking, uh, into your subtitles. Just sub it properly. That's all you need to do. That's what the fan subbers do. That's what they're doing for the past 25 years. They seem to be good at their job. That's all you need to do. It's very easy. Um, we've still got 10 minutes till I wanted to actually end this. So... What do I want to talk about? What's still here? Mm. Oh yeah, here's one thing. So I went to the uh, the sketchy pizza uh, pizza shop again over. I think it was last weekend. Um, the sketchy uh, sketchy pizza shop. I've said that when you walk in there, they've got electrical wiring just like hanging out, not covered by any uh, plasterboard or anything like that. The wall has bricks that are like half installed and you can like peel them off the wall the place looks like the sketchiest place on the planet but the pizzas there are really good if you didn't know the food here was good you'd probably walk out the second that you saw this place it's called uh, Australia, uh australia's pizza house if you're ever near it amazing place to get food i highly recommend it but i wanted to try something different so Everyone raves about, or raves and, raves and rants, there we go, raves and rants about pineapple on pizza. Be like, oh, pineapple on pizza is the greatest thing ever. Oh, pineapple on pizza is the awful, awfulest thing ever. You should never have it. In my case, I'm just like, eh, it's okay. I'll eat the pizza. It's pizza. I'm not going to order it, but if it's there, I'll eat it. Now, 
I'm going to tell you what the objectively correct fruit to have on a pizza is. No one should be caring about pineapple on pizza. Honestly, pineapple doesn't even taste that good. The correct fruit to have on a pizza is mango. So I got myself a barbecue chicken mango pizza. And I, I didn't know what to expect. But holy crap, this pizza was really good. Like, honestly, it was one of the best pizzas I've ever had. Just eating, like, grabbing a bit of the mango and eating, by itself, uh, eating it by itself honestly just tasted good. I didn't know that warm mango tasted good. Apparently it does. App apparently it tastes better than cold mango. This pizza was good, and I think this is where we should just end the war about fruit on pizza. Mango on pizza belongs on it. I don't give a shit about your pineapple stuff. Just stop ordering that. Order the better fruit. Order mango, and your life will be better from it. I highly suggest it. If you think I'm wrong, find a pizza place that does it. I know that Australian pizzas are weird compared to, like, American pizzas and a lot of other countries, actually. Because in Australia, um, we have things like meat lovers and pizzas that have, like, 20 fucking toppings on them. And apparently this just isn't a thing in other countries. Apparently a lot of places just have, like, very simple pizzas where it's, like, sauce, cheese, and one topping. That's strange. I don't understand that. I don't know why you'd want that. I want my pizza to have a bunch of stuff on it. I want it to have chicken, mango, mushrooms, olives, a bunch of other stuff. Uh, ch obviously cheese and sauce as well, and just make it a big, a big mess of a big mess of food. And this is the the best way to have pizza. I'm gonna stand by this. Australian pizza is just better pizza. I haven't had any other country's pizza, but I'm just gonna say it right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna stand by stand by something I have no evidence of because that's what you do when you make videos on the internet. You just say things that uh, don't have any evidence and just let people start arguments about it. So yes, I'm gonna say that Australian pizza is just the better pizza. Uh, don't go to like Domino's and stuff like that because Domino's is Domino's no matter where you go. Or Pizza Hut is Pizza Hut no matter what country you go to, even if the pizza is like designed around that country and it's like that country style of pizza at the end it's still pizza being made by minimum wage fast food workers and as someone who used to be a minimum wage fast food worker i can tell you those people uh don't care about your food they don't really care about your food they don't care about their job to be honest the second they can find something better they're gonna find something better so if you go somewhere like that expecting your food to be great um yeah you're in the wrong place Obviously, some fast food's better than others. I honestly think KFC, in the most part, mo in the most part, KFC is pretty good. Um, McDonald's less so, but still pretty good most of the time. Uh, yeah, but don't get yourself Pizza Hut. Honestly, there there's good like independent pizza shops. There's any and literally anywhere that you live, there's going to be good independent pizza shops. Go to them. Don't go to Pizza Hut. Sure, it'll be like a couple dollars more expensive, but. It'll be a couple of dollars more expensive that you will not regret paying, assuming, obviously, the pizza shop is good. Um, yeah. But it can't be worse than Domino's or Pizza Hut. Surely. Surely not. But at the end of the day, if you're drunk, it's probably fine. Pizza's probably fine no matter where you get it from. <laughs> it's In the end, it's still pizza. It's still greasy food, and you should be good to go. That was a five-minute rant about pizza. Um, I don't know why. I don't actually eat that much pizza. I only recently started getting pizza every couple of weeks. I'm the sort of person uh, who doesn't usually order pizza by myself. I'm usually the person who gets pizza whenever I'm at a party, but 
I'll never like be like, I want to go to Preacher by myself. Changed that apparently after I discovered this pizza shop and realized uh, how good their food actually was. Usually when I want like food, like I just want to get some food when I'm out somewhere, I'll usually go to like a fish and chip shop because like the British, uh, fish and chip, very popular here. From what I've seen of pictures of British fish and chips though, seems like the Australian fish and chips are just better. Once again, Australia just does it better. Uh, I'm going to start a fight in the comments, and I hope I do. Please start a fight in the comments. I would love it. Australian food is better. Not this, not the food that's, like, made... Not, like, the, 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 the native... Not the native Australian food. The, um... The Australian dishes, you know, like... The things you think of as Australian dishes. Maybe they're not as good, but when we import something, we generally make it better. Just how it is. How it is, isn't it? <laughs> I hope that starts an argument. That would be funny. Um, but yeah, uh, we're closing in on the two-hour mark now. I think it's time to give a channel a shout-out. Let's see. What channel should you go and watch? I think last time I talked about Nintendo, didn't I? Yes, I feel like I did. Um, who should you go and watch? Who should you go and watch? Hmm. Let's see. I'm gonna say go go yeah, yeah, here we go. Go watch go watch abroad in Japan. Go he does not need a shout out from me, he's got a massive channel. Go watch abroad in Japan. It's uh it's about it's about a dude. He lives in Japan, he goes like around doing things in Japan. And he's got a mate called Natsuki, who is a bit of a weird unit. Um, a, actually, a very weird unit, actually. Uh, and also, he's friends with uh, Joey, the anime man. So, yeah. Um, good enough reason to watch him. Also, uh, he's got a great clip on on uh, when he was interviewed by Japanese TV. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to it right now. We're going we're gonna to experience. We're going to experience this. I do, do not play an ad. No, we're gonna skip the ad and then we will experience it. Actually, now that I think about it, because I disappeared for like two minutes, uh, it's going to be slightly shorter than I had uh, I had expected. But it'll be close enough to two hours. I'll accept it. Um, this should be actually. Let me see. I'll, I'll mute the desktop audio so I can just listen to it myself. Here we go. Yeah, this is th th this is where we need to be. Are you ready? Are you ready to experience the greatest of all clips? Are you YouTuber? I am. Chris. I know. I stopped it before it, it got to the good part. Nah, we'll, we'll do that again. Are you YouTuber? I am. Chris Broad. There you go. Are you YouTuber? I am. That's that's all you need to know about Chris Broad and uh, Abroad in Japan. Go watch his channel. Great channel. Love it. Um, yeah. Highly suggest it. Uh, I think that's going to be basically everything then. Um, I am going to go bring out my list of patrons and we're going to end off the live, live stream of the podcast. That's what we're going to end off. Not Whatever. I know what I'm saying. Um, even if you guys don't. <laughs> so, 
a special thank you to Joachim, Donald, Logan, Michael, Andrew, Nathan, David, Carl, Will, uh, Will Mitchell, Brennan, Chico Bento, Jamie, Joseph, Josh, Peter D, Stephen, Tease, Theroux, Tony Tushar, and all of my $2 supporters. If you want to go support my work, the link's down to that in the description. I've got this podcast available as an audio release, basically on any podcasting platform. You'll probably find it. If you don't, let me know over on Discord or Twitter or Mastodon, and they will be there when I remember to put it there. If you are listening to the audio version, there is a video version. The video version, I like to show stuff on the screen occasionally. That is available on the Tech Over T YouTube channel and also Odyssey channel. My main channel is Brody Robertson. I do Linux stuff basically every day. And then I've also got Brody Robertson Plays where I live stream video games twice a week. Usually I do the live stream just before I record this. So if you want to see me when I am uh, not thinking everything at the last sec. Like, when I'm not when I'm not six hours into recording stuff on a day, uh, that's a good time to check it out. So I think that's going to be everything. Uh, I don't think I have anything else to say. No. And. 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 Yes. And. I'm out.